0: Hello and welcome to the Persephone program. I am recording this Saturday morning, March 28th, 2020. It's been, um, at least this particular uh, podcast has been postponed for a couple weeks because I was ill. Um, Not with COVID-19, but with a really bad sinus infection. And so I did have to go to urgent care in this pandemic. And that was interesting. Um, They took our temperature before we were even, you know, able to see the doctor or fully check in. And they weren't seeing anyone with COVID-19 symptoms. So, um, but regardless, there were many, many different safeguards put in place. And that was... Uh, You know, pretty, it was pretty trippy and amazing to be doing that. But I am better and feeling better and ready to record. It's amazing um, what modern medicine has to offer. I am a big proponent of natural medicine and natural wellness, and was really trying to do all the things that I could from a natural standpoint, but needed the intervention of something pretty hardcore, as um, one of my friends, uh, Sarah Sajak, Dr. Sarah Sajak, a doctor of acupuncture, told me sometimes we just need that massive clean out. So I'm on prednisone and antibiotics and all of that. Anyway, a little bit about me. So thank you to a few people that had written to me and asked me to interpret their chart on the podcast. And today I am going to do that. Also, if you haven't had enough of anyone talking about the astrology of these times, and you haven't listened to it already, I have a conversation with um, intuitive healer Ellen Gregg on her podcast Soul Chats. So you can find her um, at Soul Chats Podcast, at Soul Chats Podcast. And we have a conversation about the astrology of these times. But today I'm going to talk about astrological chart interpretation. And I'm going to interpret interpret two charts of two beautiful human beings that um, wrote to me and asked me to talk about what's going on with them right now. And they are, I'm going to just put their initials in here because I don't know, they they probably don't want their uh, identity put out. But they are initials FL um, in beautiful New Orleans and um, AS. And I'm not sure where AS is. Um, I know that she was, um, she's a Montana born person, but, um, I'm going to talk about your charts and I'm going to tell you also, all you guys out there, how to kind of quickly do some chart synthesis. So as you know, I like to talk about, uh, teaching astrology. I like to talk about you guys learning maybe a little bit about what I know about astrology. So this is very much a podcast about sharing my own journey through understanding astrology and understanding my own life and life in general through astrology. So here's a little bit about um, about chart synthesis and um, delineation and what to look at because I know that's confusing. I talked with Ellen about that a little bit. You know, most of you that aren't or don't consider yourselves to be astrologers or astrology students, but are interested in it, take a quick look at their natal chart, which you can get for free online. And I would suggest you do get that at astro.com. And they look at it and they're like, I have no idea how to read this. I have no idea what this is. It looks like a foreign language to me. So I do, I'm going to open up another astrology 101 understanding astrology class. I had one, several months ago and um, got some good feedback on it and so we'll be doing that probably over the summer. It's a great retrograde summer coming up, great time to study. I know you guys are also at home right now, bored out of your mind as is me. (laughs) I'm actually going to clean my garage on that bored, So um, this is a good time for you to like learn. So if you can grab a free chart, uh, yourself on astro.com and follow along. So first, I'm going to talk about um, what I do when I, when I look at an astrological chart. And um, we'll start with, I'm going to start with FL. Um, and <clears throat> one of the things that I look at right away is what is going on with the individual. So even if I'm doing a natal chart, I always look at the transiting planets. So when you when you take a chart out and you begin to look at uh, what is going on in an astrological chart, or you're curious about what's happening in your own life. it's not just, you know, your intrinsic makeup, That is your natal chart. It's also what's happening right now and how that is interacting with your intrinsic makeup. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for Um, when you're looking at a chart. uh, What are your goals? That's one of the important things to look at because the chart is kind of almost as infinite as you are. So what is it that you really want and what are you looking for? Because we can start there. We want to do this in bite-sized pieces. So um, my dear friend, F.L., She was talking about, um, it was Pisces season, so this was several weeks ago, and um, she was talking about dealing with with Pisces season, and dealing with her own emotional reality, and also dealing with relationships. So um, my darling FL, you have had several readings with me, and you know that you are a Pisces ascendant, and you have... Um, Sun and Jupiter and Venus all in the 7th house <clears throat> of relationships. Um, and you have a moon in Scorpio in the 8th house, intimacy, <laughs> intensity. And so, you know, you you already know with that Sun, Venus, Jupiter uh, in the 7th house that you are kind of inordinately or extremely focused on relationships. it's kind of one of the the major places in your life where you are supposed to put your energy. Wherever you find the Sun in your astrological chart uh, that is one of the one of the things you're here to do. So it's not just the way that you express that. And with the sun in Virgo, you're going to express that in a extremely, at times, critical way, a discriminatory way, a desire for refinement way. Um, But we look at where the sun is in the chart, if we know the time of birth, obviously, and also its aspects. And so we know that, you know, that you are going to take your incredible power of discernment and desire for refinement for things to be natural and pure and good that Virgoan archetypal energy and um, we also have you know Jupiter there so it's a little bit inflated Jupiter being the planet of expansion so we have we have both luck in relationships and an abundance of them throughout your life and you're still young so um, you know you have many more transits to go through and many more uh exciting things to do um so we're gonna see and you know when you you're gonna come up on your your nodal you're almost at your nodal half return that comes in play before um you know, before the kind of seriousness of your Saturn return, which is coming up very soon in 2021. <clears throat> but FL, back to why you're having such a hard time in Pisces season, you know, with the Pisces ascendant, and you've got, the, we had so many planets, we had like, you know, that Mercury retrograde in Pisces, we had, which is Mercury still there, um, the sun, and you know, we had a lot of energy there. And that's all crossing your ascendant, you're feeling it. Planets by transit that cross your ascendant are going to affect your, your physical body and also how you, how you move through the world, you know, how, because your ascendant is very much like how you deal with who you are, which is your sun and what it is that you actually like instinctually want, which is your moon. And so... You know, with your son in Virgo in the seventh house, we could say in a very kind of like casual, pithy way, you want perfect relationships. And, you know, with that moon in Scorpio, it's like they need to be intense. They need to be intimate. They need to be all the things. And that's in the eighth house too. So you can also at times get a little bit obsessive um, with the intensity of your own needs. And um, and so with all that energy in Pisces season too, with with Neptune, you know, across your, your first house, it's kind of like you have this desire for a certain amount of perfection in relationships. And then, you know, in a desire for intimacy and intensity and um, a certain kind of control too with the moon and Scorpio. <clears throat> and then all this energy in Pisces is making you feel a little impotent or not as, you know, powerful. It's like there are things out of your control and your desire is to make this part of your life be the best that it can be. Okay. And, um, and it's important to you. And I think that you're part of your life's journey, part of your karma and Dharma, if you will, is also to have, um, or work on your relationships and to make them as healthy as possible. And that means understanding your own nature and how you respond instinctually. And also kind of cultivating a certain amount of faith. And, um, you know, with that Scorpio, with that moon and Scorpio in the eighth house, that's the natural house of Scorpio. Uh, you're gonna also have to, um, allow your partners some space so um you know that's an intense placement for the moon it makes you incredibly perceptive it makes you you know amazingly deep it's super sexy but it's also intense and you know you're going to have to understand that maybe not everyone is as intense as you you know it feels as deeply as you um even though you are the sweetest and the most darling. One of the things that I also noticed between um, FL and AS, AS and FL, is that both of them have a lot of Scorpio and Capricorn that was really being activated by the Pluto-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. And now we have Mars and Capricorn. Um, We have Pluto-Jupiter-Saturn, mars all in Capricorn and we have FL is, uh, part of the, um, Uranus, Neptune and Capricorn generation. Um, you know, Uranus and Neptune conjuncted in Capricorn in the early nineties. And, um, and we also had some people in 1990, I think also as well that uh, had Saturn there too. So they had this like triple, they had like a, you know, great grouping of, of, um, of planets in Capricorn, and I always I, I, always talk to these people and say that you guys are the generation, you know, that early 90s generation from 1990 to 92, 93 even, that had this grouping of outer planets in Capricorn that I think are here to rebuild or, you know, restructure um, our world. So, you know, this, you know, the this is a very important generation. So FL... Um, your Uranus and Neptune, and you also have Ceres and Capricorn, is being activated by Jupiter, Pluto, Mars, Saturn, all. Um, and that was through your 11th house. So there's something having to do with your groups and your community and also your ideals. The thing is that the things that you really stand for, that was kind of really being tested by this time, and especially the first you know, quarter of 2020, You're being tested. It's as simple as that. And AS, um, you know, when I took a look at your chart, you know, Scorpio, Mama, um, wow, you have Sun, Jupiter, Venus, and Mercury all in Scorpio. Also Pallas Athena, goddess, asteroid goddess of strategy and battle in your second house, interestingly enough, very value. That's the natural house of Taurus, and it's about your possessions, what you possess, and then we have a moon in Capricorn, and we also have Mars in Capricorn. So you're having your Mars return, um, something that happens every two years or so. You also have Juno there. And so you've been activated, your family, your home, possibly even your relationships, you. Um, maybe even your relationship with your mother too, because you also have the nodes of the moon. You've been having eclipses. Um, We have, you know, essentially the transiting nodes of the moon. And the nodes of the moon in astrology are elliptical points in space that kind of represent your karma and your dharma. So when you have your nodal return, which happens to everyone, you know, every 18 and a half years, you'll have... um, you know, it takes that long to go through, you'll have something like that happen. And she's having her second nodal return. You know, it happens between 37-38. And it's um it's a big deal, you know. I mean, with all the planets AS that you have going through your fourth house of family and home and ancestry and foundation. And then the eclipses rocking the very top of your chart, your midheaven, because she's got her node of her moon conjunct her midheaven. What does that mean, astrology students? Your node, the nodes of the moon, your north node is your dharma, the path that you must walk. It represents a... It represents like in many ways when we look at like, what are you here to do? I look at the sun. I look at the north node of the moon. um, And I also look at the prenatal eclipses too. And she's got her solar eclipse in the 10th house, her north node of the moon in ninth, but conjunct her midheaven she has to stand up into a certain amount of her own leadership, which is hard for her in many ways because she is a real introverted person with most of her planets below the horizon. AS, we're talking to you with that moon in Capricorn. Moon in Capricorn, you know, the moon in Capricorn is in its fall okay it is the opposite of the the natural placement of the moon in cancer so the moon the instinctual self the need to receive and give a certain amount of nourishment is in a really difficult place to do that it can often indicate someone that did not receive appropriate nourishment or nourishing from her own mother or from her own family with a Moon in Capricorn conjunct her fourth house, there. What you know, there. There is a lot here having to do with an um, AS's chart with her own uh, parents um, and in family upbringing, uh, and needing to build her own sense of security within her own self, um, and also in many ways, kind of to lighten up because AS, you have you need to flow into your north node in cancer, and this is all being activated now. Many, you know, many things have to do with like, you know, creating, you know, having your own family or, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be children, but, you know, creating um, a place or a space for you to be able to channel your own need to nourish and be nourished. You know, even if it's like other people's kids, your kids, Pets, um, you're a lover, a spouse, a mar- you know marriage partner, and um, you know creating security for yourself, knowing that this is something that you're here to do to build that is really important. So back to the Saturn Pluto Jupiter Mars you know conjunction, and just FYI, Jupiter and Pluto are essentially conjunct right now, and they're going to be exact on April fourth. Okay, and so this is in play in F, you know, FL, in your 11th house of community, your groups, your community, the things that your ideals, the things that you're working on natural house of Aquarius and AS in your own family home. And so there's something having to do with like you needing to, I feel like AS, like with you, you know, this is a really important time. FL, you're moving into your Saturn return and AS you're moving into, Your nodal return. These are like major, major transits in one's life, okay? Guys, here's the big ones that I find are so impactful, like out there in the world. You know, the big slam-bam-whammy ones, okay? It's your nodal half return at 27, leading into your Saturn return at about 28 and a half to 29 years old, okay? And that Saturn return time period lasts till you're about 33, when you're actually like really practicing it and you're living that new Saturn return life. So FL, you're walking into that. AS, you're walking into learning how to become truly yourself. All of us, when we are at about 18 and a half years old, between 18 and 19, we really kind of come into that first place where we realize that we're an adult, okay? And we're kind of like, you know, reaching out our little tentacles to figure out what it is that we want to do and what our talents are, Okay. At your Saturn return, you you commit, okay? You get committed. Sometimes you get bitch slapped into that commitment because every other door closes because that's what Saturn does. You know, he's that Mr. You know, I always talk about that like Mr. Miyagi type energy where he seems like really mean and harsh, but actually he's training you to become the karate kid. <laughs> so anyway... Felice is walking into that. AS, oh, sorry. FL is walking into that. AS is walking into her um, her nodal return where she's going to figure out um, where she, you know, who she truly is, okay? Instead of both kind of reacting to the earlier kind of karmic uh, past the ways that she has coped in the past, the ways that she has dealt with herself and where she's going, um, the philosophies that she has built, all of those things in many ways have come crashing down because Saturn and Pluto and all the the Terminator planets have also bitch slopped AS into a difficult situation. Now everyone And this whole world right now is going through this. There is a mundane aspect to the things that I'm talking about right now. But then these particular ladies have some really major things going on, don't you think, astrology students? Saturn return, I know you know that. The nodal return. This is a big deal. Now, when I was 37, from 37 to 38, um, and I tell people this a lot, like, I had an amazing year where I finally felt that it wasn't easy. I actually got a divorce that year, but then I ended up getting remarried. But it wasn't easy, but it was very exhilarating and fulfilling because I felt like I had, in many ways, the power to create a new reality for myself. And so that's very much in keeping with what happens when we have the nodes return. Now, FL is having a nodal half return. This is the end of karmic patterns. And AS is having a full return. How interesting is that? Like you guys see the synchronicity in these two people that do not know themselves at all. But it's leading us into a discussion of the current position of the planets in in Capricorn, how they are affecting two individuals, as well as something that's very important, which is the position of the nodes of the moon. And I have never found them to be unimportant. I have found that the position of the nodes in the moon, and especially if you have half, even quarter, but especially half and full returns, you are in for a time period in life in which you meet your destiny, either by releasing the past or by embracing the future. And no matter what, every time that we do both, we are in a position, um, every time we hit one, we're in a position to do both is what I mean. So for FL, it's a lot about like releasing the past and also knowing that you know, some of the major um, big hitters in the chart are kind of, mo- there's the pressures kind of moving off, but there's also another sense of with a Saturn return, and this is also happening um, in the 12th house, which is the house of the unconscious subconscious, the house of the spirits, if you will. It's, it's indicating that in many ways, um, there's the end of a pattern. And every time Saturn, you know, transits through the 12th house and Saturn's orbit is about two and a half years, um, a little under. Uh, but every time this happens, it's the end of a cycle. Okay. And then Saturn will conjunct your ascendant. So we have a two year period in which you can almost like purge your psyche of everything that you don't like about your own fears, about your own subconscious, unconscious motivations, it's time for you to like Mr. Miyagi, your inner self. So discipline yourself to become the best you you can through conscious understanding of how your subconscious and unconscious self um, guides you. You know, so work on fear, work on negativity. Not that you necessarily have that. I'm not saying that you do have fear. And I mean, everybody kind of does to a certain extent. But with Saturn in the 12th house, there's like an issue of needing to draw on Saturn as like a, a mentor. You know, and I got to say that in traditional astrology, Saturn was considered to be the dweller at the threshold. And, you know, um, that's a scary thing, meaning that. You have to get through. I mean, Saturn has always been associated with fear. And you have to get through fear and see it for what it is, which is a construct. You know, it is nothing but that. So any fear you have about your own sanity or desirability or, you know, ability needs to be confronted because FL, you are a beautiful, incredible human being who, as you know, I've told you many times... Interestingly enough, FL's got the North Node in the 10th house. AS has got the North Node conjunct the cusp of the 10th house. These two ladies are actually supposed to stand up. Okay, the 10th house is where, is where people see you, where you are seen in a, in a place of leadership. And because it's the North Node, it's something you must cultivate. It isn't easy for you. And that means that, you know, you're way more comfortable with your south node. You're way more comfortable with that fourth house cusp, kind of like hiding at home by yourself with your family, letting them see you, but nobody else. And it is the work of a lifetime to learn to give of yourself and kind of like not care about the public because the 10th house is your public house and the fourth house is your personal house, you know? So... Um, FL, you've got to know, and I've told you this before, that you have something to give to the world, that you are a helper, that you are here to do something very important. And you know what that is. And I know what that is too. And it's like dropping the need for a certain amount of perfection in your personal life, and especially with relationships is essential. And also knowing that it's okay to go with the flow, work on yourself you know, await, wait on the will of heaven and all will be well. But this is a time period to release, release old karma, release old ways of relating yourself, you know, to yourself and begin the process of release in order for you to rebuild because, you know, within the next two years, you're going to find your path that that is the path that you will be, you know, more distinctly at least, because I know that you know much of your path, but it's going to change a little bit. And with that, with that nodal return coming up, and I'm just going to say that it's a half return, sorry, um, for you, FL. <clears throat> you know, um, there's going to be a place where you are kind of done with certain aspects. It could be, You know, it's weird because I also think that it's likely that things may change at home or with your family, but it's another aspect of you kind of like leaning into your, the wisdom and maturity of your own inner self. You know, learning to become a full adult. I know you're an adult, but a full adult kind of. I mean, I just, you know, talked recently about losing my mother and you guys know that I'm like 53 years old and I am... I feel more adult now. Like, I feel like, wow, now I'm really an adult because my mommy's not here, you know? And my dad's never really been too much a part of my life. Um, Never counted on him. So it's, you know, it's kind of, it's intense. And my aunt recently passed too, and she was kind of like my mom. I do have another aunt that I'm very close with though. But um, so FL, you know, work on your affirmations, work on your neuro linguistic programming, I am connecting with my own inner self, I am uh, free to fear, I am embracing my own inner connection to the divine. Those are the types of things that you need to, um, to focus on as well as because that there's a north node in Sagittarius, and a south node in Gemini, I am releasing the need to have all the facts, and I am focused on a positive and exciting future. Okay, FL, and um, you know, work on work on your your need for perfection in relationships. Okay, uh, meaning that nobody's perfect ever and honestly the only like if we want to work on on perfection in relationships work on ourselves you know meaning that and that means also like being our own best friend and doing all that kind of stuff because you know with um With all those planets in the seventh house and FL, by the way, I have a bunch of planets in the seventh house, including Jupiter too. And believe me, I've been like, you know, and I've got Mars and Libra too. So there's like a the seventh house is the natural house of Libra. There's a big piece of, um, you know, of of codependency sometimes in that. And I mean, I'm gonna raise my hand straight up, you know, I mean, my mother used to like always like slightly criticize me because she was a Virgo too. Um, by like Michelle you've had a boyfriend since you were like seven years old you know you always have to have a boyfriend you know I don't really understand what how you're going to work on yourself when you're always in a relationship or focused on a relationship and she may be maybe right I don't know but it's where when you have a bunch of planets in the seventh house it's what you're supposed to do and it's also where you feel comfortable so FL don't worry about that I see plenty plenty of relationships in your future but for now Focus on on really cultivating um, a firm foundation within yourself. Remember, get ready. You know, Cinderella getting ready for the ball. Okay, not that you're waiting for someone to save you for the prince or princess to come, but that you are that you are also working on yourself. That you are whistling while you work. That you are happy and cultivating, um, getting ready. Okay, and having. You know, having uh, hope, faith, optimism in the future. For AS, I don't think that I've done your chart before. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of heavy energy too of like releasing a lot of ancestral energy and energy around, um, you know, around uh, the home and, you know, and 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 there's like you know, either re- whether it's relationships, because I see a a Mars conjunct Juno and Juno in astrology is the asteroid uh, goddess of relationship. And then we've got a moon there. There's like, was there fighting with your mother? Was there fighting at home? Um, there's a need to release control and, uh, and really strongly. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably laughing because you're like, that's never going to happen, but, <laughs> but, uh, you do. And, um, Right now, um, you know, transiting, you know, Venus and um, you know Uranus has been transiting through your eighth house and your your Chiron and Taurus for a while, but there's um there really is a focus on you releasing the past, releasing. Um, I feel like releasing like family obligations or even the idea that um, family, va- the specific values that came from your, or karma that came from your ancestral line, that needs to be released. Very hard to do. Meaning that like, say you grew up with a family that was like very fundamentally religious, um, or fundamentally, uh, had, had certain kind of fundamental issues, you know, whether it was like, Um, And, and, you know, with the the energy that you have, uh, it's very structured. So, you know, um, ideals about money, about how one lives, status, um, status status-oriented, whatever that looks like to you, there is a great need for you to learn to let that go and lean into what it is that you actually believe in, not the family. Um, so that is also part of your Dharma. That is the path that you must walk. And so that's a big, um, a big focus for you. And because you've had so, I mean, literally you guys, if you saw this is just like a ton of planets through the fourth house, all in Capricorn conjuncting, um, natal moon, Mars, black moon, Lilith, and Juno. So there's also something here also about your own your own femininity, and your own sexuality too, and your relationships. And because also we have Chiron Sun moving in through your seventh house, which doesn't have any planets. Well, we do have Eris in your seventh house too. So it's like learning not learning not to be combative in regards to your relationships um, is important. And you do have your Mars and Capricorn, which is the ideal position for Mars. I mean, Mars is in its exaltation in Capricorn. Why do you think that is, you guys? Knowing that Mars rules Aries, why is Mars in its exaltation in Capricorn? Well, the um, essential dignities of planets, which you guys can, we'll talk about that later, um, have to do with their relationships to each other. But um, if you just think about the idea of like your own martial energy, that is how you act out. If that is done through the refining and mature sort of mode of Saturnian Capricorn, we have someone that is um, calculated and is interested in, to a certain extent, a form of self-mastery. So Mars and Capricorn can be a great winner, a great achiever um, in many ways. Very strong. This is a strong person. A.S., girl, you're strong, even though we have a Libra ascendant. So... The idea here is like, okay, sun, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury uh, conjunct in Scorpio. And then we have a Libra ascendant. However, we also have um, Saturn and Pluto conjunct in this person was born during the last Saturn Pluto conjunction. Here's another indicator of that they're going like, you know, if they wrote into me and they wanted their chart to read. We're having another Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and that Saturn-Pluto conjunction is square the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 82. So um, this is a heavy-duty time, and uh, AS is feeling it, and she may not know why, she may not understand exactly why, but your chart is being like activated, okay? You are moving into an important time in your life, and we feel it. The neat thing about astrology is that you actually feel these energies, like you know that something important is happening. You just don't really know why or what's the meaning of it. You know, you just know that you're going through a hard time. And it isn't until typically without these types of tools, it isn't until later that you figure out, wow, you know, this shaped me. It's a certain amount of faceting. All of us go through it. It's like leveling up in the game of life. And oftentimes, you know, it is through uh, difficulty. And so FL and AS both going through super, both with kind of interesting, different yet important signatures, important planets in the sign of Capricorn, important planets in the sign of Scorpio, um, important planets, at the nodes of the moon being activated by major, major um, things that is... The, the nodal half return and the nodal return. Right now, AS has the, the node of the moon exactly conjunct her natal. And FL is moving into her node of the moon is in uh, Sagittarius. And so the very first conjunction of in the next 18 month cycle of the nodes of the moon, that is remember, where the Earth's, the moon's orbit around the Earth meets the Earth's elliptic. And what happens? Eclipses. And what happens during eclipses? Energies are changed, okay? And so they're very important karmically. They're like portals into a new world. And when you have your nodal half return and your nodal return, this will catapult you into a new life. So... AS, you're going through something major. FL, you're walking into something um, major in the next year. And, and, you know, it's going to be actually two years of release, change, um, and putting you on a really solid path for your future. Nothing to worry about at all. um, But just both of you guys, like, you're meeting destiny. And you don't have to do a damn thing. But if you walk into this consciously, kind of that is not fighting the energy. You're both going to be much better off. And I also want to say that a lot of the really tough stuff is almost completely over. So, and especially AS, because um, we have a, you know, a moon in early, early Capricorn, uh, like six degrees. Ah, that's my son. Um, so, of course, we have a connection, which we obviously already know in my... Um, my sun falls right on your moon. Maybe we had a past life together, Aes. Uh, and the nodes of our moon um, also. Her. It's really interesting too, because like her south node is conjunct her moon. So, you know, there is um, a real echo of some karma at, there, and it could be that, you know, again, I think that it's releasing. Um, you know, very. You very much have to work through. Um, your own ability to nur- nurture and nourish yourself, you know, and to get that old, you know, voice in your head AS of you're not good enough or, you know, you need to be this X, Y, and Z in order to be loved and and and, and, um, and loving and uh, that you have to live a certain way or you have to be a certain way in order for you to be valuable to the world and society, to yourself, to your family, all of that. Um but it's time, Just I'm just letting you know that there's a real release um, of this pressure that's been, you've been going through, oh my God, you know, it's been a long time, been a long time, seven, eight years maybe even of this and or more, you know, I mean, certainly Pluto's been in, in Capricorn since 2008 and probably in somewhere like around 2010 or 2011, like it kind of like it crossed your... Your ICMC down there and conjuncted your moon, and then it was just you know tough. So it may have been very depressing or hard. And what does that teach us? I mean, Pluto is not easy um, because my son is the you know same degree as your moon. As uh, I was aware of it being an astrologer, and talked to my mother who you know taught me astrology, and she said, build an altar, build an altar to Pluto. So if you know who Pluto is, or Hades, Pluto, the Lord of the underworld, she said, that's what I did. And when my mom had, and she said, I've had Pluto on my son, I've had Pluto crossing my ascendant in my lifetime. Not many people have that. Why? Because Pluto takes 248 years to transit through the, the signs of the Zodiac. And, um, you know, she was just one of those people that had gone through that. So, and it'll be some, you know, It depends on the orbit, but it'll be anywhere from like 12 up to 18 years or something in a sign. But um, it's a generational planet, remember. So anyway, I did all that. I mean, I did all that. And I thought, oh, I know how I know how I can appease Pluto, you know, and um, whether it was kind of like I know this sounds kind of silly, but like the very first thing that happened was that I felt a deep pressure to not be doing the job that I was doing because it's my son. Um, But also I got really kind of, (laughs) kind of sounds silly, I got kind of goth. I became very obsessed with Plutonian themes scorpionic themes um not that I always haven't always been but that was when I like really started to like I mean it was just it was all about like you know ghost shows and 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 just dark stuff I even like dyed my hair dark (laughs) it's like silly but I thought I could channel the energy that way but no I had to go through my own you know valley you know shadow of the valley of death and um and sometimes you have to with this with this transit. So whatever you have been through, sometimes because it's taken so long and it's not like you're that old AS, uh, you may feel that it's the new normal, but it's not. So good times are actually coming for you. And it's kind of a funny thing to say, like right now in this pandemic time, but um, but hang in there. This next 18 months... Okay, um, will be better this next year. Will be better. Now you do need to look at, um, especially during Aries season right now. You do need to look at as your relationships and how you respond to them. Like watch yourself. You know, we always think that we're we're the ones that are smart or savvy or somehow better than other people. But how are you reacting? Are you reacting combatively? Do you retreat when confronted with issues? Do you, um, you know, do you shut off other people? And you may shut out other people just because you feel that it is the safe way to behave. Um, But you are a shutter outer. So, you know, practicing non-judgment, practicing... Um, flowing, practicing, giving yourself the things that you need will make you so amazing at everything that you do. And if things are changing for you in regards to your job, um, in regards to your life right now, go with it, okay? Because there is intelligence and intent in the universe and you are being pointed in a new direction. This is your dharma. This is what happens to you at your nodal return. You can't Stop it. It is destiny at work. Same thing with FL. Release, release the past, release the need to control. Flow into your destiny, flow into yourself. Work on your own inner connection to your own divinity. Listen to your thoughts. Be the watcher behind your emotive expressions. Work on yourself right now, and that work is and can be joyous. So, with A.S. your son in the second house, a lot has to do with resources, both um, accepting them and building them for yourself. Um, it's important, like that, you work on that. Whether it's managing your own money, buying um, real estate and owning it in your own way, but all, you know, creating tangible products um, in your own life. You know it's important that you work on these types of things with Chiron and Taurus too. There's a there's a um, like a worry about money and 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 resources coming from outside of yourself. So my God, you must be a hard worker too. Um, you can and will build your own sense of security. Don't worry, but you need to do it in a nourishing way. Um, developing philosophies that are loving and nourishing to yourself, you know, almost like, you know, for UAS, I would like embrace the great goddess in some way. You need to cultivate cultivate the divine feminine as not just a destroyer, but also as a giver of life, you know, because I think you understand a little bit more of the destroyer aspect of the divine feminine and, and less of, you know, the Mother Mary aspect, you know, less of the great empress, you know, um, Honestly, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I have goddess candles all throughout my house, you know, and really leaning into the fact that there is this 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 divine feminine energy that is so loving and so giving. All you need to do is look around in nature, A.S., um, to see how our great mother gives to us and um, and what we have, uh, what we can accept from her. So um, you guys see how I like jump around. I really look at what is really important right now. Whenever I do a chart, even if I'm just looking at someone's nail chart and I just, I I rarely ever do a, oh hi, you know, you have your son in Virgo in the seventh house and this is what this means. And I, I don't spend a lot of time like that anymore because I'm really concerned with what's happening right now. Like, why is this person coming to me? Because that is the most important thing. And then through that, I lead into, you know, well, you're going through this right now and how you're responding is like this. And this, and here's why, okay? Because your natal chart makeup is how you respond. It is your instinctual programming, like your psycho-spiritual DNA. I keep talking about it. Like, how are you programmed? And it's really interesting to look at it like that. And once you know that the planets represent archetypal energies, the signs they're in are the styles that those energies express themselves. And the places in the chart where they are positioned are the areas of life that you're here to work on. The aspects between them are the interrelationships between these different aspects of yourself. So the chart interpretation method, you look at the planet, okay? energy archetypal process. What's a process you're going to go through? Sun in Virgo. You're going to go through a refinement process in life, always looking to refine and discriminate, okay? Throughout your life, this is your archetypal hero or heroine's journey, always. Same thing with the sun in Scorpio. You're going to look at the intensity of things. You're going to have crisis experiences in order for you to be able to dig down deep into the underworld of life and bring back those nuggets, you know, that scorpionic personality is rich, you know, the god Pluto was also the god of riches, the gems of the world, rich and intense experiences within their own psyche that bring them a certain form of wisdom and power. Okay, so planets, energy, archetypal process, the sign is the style or condition in which they Uh, Those archetypal processes are expressed. So, what's the style? That's the sign. Sign style. Remember, four signs per, uh, four seasons. Three signs per season. It makes it really easy when you think about that. Okay. So the seasons start around now, around the vernal equinox. Aries is the start of the season. The season of spring. It has certain characteristics to it, which are represented by the three signs within the season. The first sign is what we call cardinal. It is the active element of the season. The middle sign is what we call fixed. That is the enduring element of the season. And the last sign, the mutable sign, mutable to mutating into something else, is the, um, the transformative aspect of the season, okay? So the house in astrology, so planet, sign, house, is where the energy will manifest in your life. So if we look at sun, sun, um, Jupiter and Venus in the seventh house, this person is going to, you know, the sun is their hero's journey, right? They're going to be working through relationship stuff their whole life with Jupiter. They're going to be expanding themselves, um, through their relationships and bringing a lot of joy. And you're probably going to have a lot of relationships too. And with Venus there too. Um, and this individual has Venus in Libra too. So there's going to be a lot of love and harmony and, and desire to, um, to see herself through the lens of the beloved, okay? So the aspects between the planets are the relationship between the archetypes. So we're talking about Venus being the archetype, um, the great goddess of love and relating, and if she has a relationship with Mars, and um, we're gonna mostly like talk about like a, a Ptolemaic or a major aspect, and that is either A um, opposition square conjunction trine or sextile, those are what we call major, and those are like you know 60, 90, 120, um, 180 and um, relationships. And um, so we look at that, and those are how you know the the warrior planet that is how uh, she gets what she wants um, affects you know her ability to relate. Okay, so look at your planets, look at your signs, look at your houses, and look at the aspects. Okay, the second thing that I always look at too um, when I'm doing chart synthesis is like, okay, where are they where do they have missing elements or modes? So that is dominant or missing elements of modes, and then that's another another piece. We don't even have time because I could just talk for ever. But um, <clears throat> see, do they have any missing elements or modes? So. That is, are they all fire? Um, my own father's chart has literally no major planets in, um, in water or air. And this is something that my mother always told me you know, my whole life, and she's like, your father has no water or air. Now, if you guys remember the story about my dad, my father was a professional yacht racer, a sailor, and a chartering captain. And um, how interesting is that? What do you need to sail? water and air, right? So you cultivate that often outside of yourself and through the relationships in your life. So look through your chart. Are there any dominant elements like that is planets um, and signs in, um, you know, because the signs also have the, um, you know, all the elements, fire, water, air, and earth, right? So you're going to look it for that. See if there's dominant or missing elements or modes. You want to also see like, is there a house emphasis or a sign emphasis? Do they have, you know, six planets in Capricorn or, you know, a, a stellium? You always want to, I always look, number one, at where are the planets in the houses? Do they have a grouping of planets in the seventh house or a stellium anywhere, which is, you know, really four planets or more in a house, but um even three are important. Where are they focusing their energy in life? Because the houses in astrology are the areas of life that you're here to really focus on this time. You know, they're the areas of human life. Uh, you also always want to look at our primary triad. That is the sun and moon, our luminaries, the sun, where you, what you're here to do, what you're cultivating, your moon, your instinctual self, what you need emotionally too. Um you're going to want to look at the primary triad is also your rising sign. Okay. Look at the condition of the sun, the moon, the rising by sign. House, oops, sorry. House placement aspect. And then just look at your major aspects like we talked before. Like are there a bunch of squares? Is there a lot of oppositions, conjunctions? Um, you know, we want to look at all of those. And um, for both these two ladies, uh, for FL and AS, we have, um, not a really super dynamic, um, chart, like AS in particular has almost all her planets, um, below the horizon. And we have a lot of stelliums. That means a lot of planetary energy focused in one area of life. The second house AS, the, um, the fourth house. So, you know, values, um, the second house, the house of possessions, values, you know, real money, things that you own. Um, the third house, that is how you communicate. And your, are you know, you're kind of like, it's, they call it the lower mind, the natural house of Gemini, but it's very much about, about communication. And, um, you know, it, all, it also represents siblings too, interestingly enough. Um, but your chart ruler is the planet that rules your uh your just simply just simply because there's other types of things that we look at too but simply the planet that rules the sign on the cusp of your oops i accidentally um <laughs> i accidentally knocked something and i shut myself off so i can't remember where it is but i was talking about um i was talking about uh the you know, the aspects and charts. And, you know, A.S. not having too many aspects other than, con- you know, than conjunctions, meaning that she's got like a bunch of planets all bunched together in three houses. At the bottom of her chart, she's got a little bit of what we call the wheelbarrow shape in her chart with a, a, a moon north node um, opposition being like the, the handle. And there's a little wheelbarrow bottom. And um, FL being much more, kind of like a little bit more dynamic, a little more spread out with a bunch of squares um, between a Mars-Juno conjunction and Jupiter and Venus there, and then also uh, Jupiter and the North Node and Saturn and Pluto. We got some square aspects too. There's like some friction having to do, again, with cultivating faith, hope, and optimism. And, um, and so... We also have an opposition between Mars and the North Node. Like, you know, um, it ain't easy life, you know, and getting out of ourselves sometimes and seeing ourselves in this way is so helpful. I don't know if you guys think that, but I know I do, and um, it has really helped me to become a better person, to not suffer over my own suffering, to find meaning in life, to find um, a sense of achievement in my own ability to work on myself and master my own experience of life. And that includes achieving my own goals of having harmonious relationships, of feeling that I am expressing the truth of my own soul which I certainly feel like I am right now, but talking about astrology, I mean, literally, it just makes my day. So um, what makes your day? I hope that you uh, enjoyed this. I know it might be a lot, but let it wash over you and then think about quick chart delineation, quick chart interpretation, planet energy archetypal process sign is your style or condition house where this energy manifests and the aspect is a relationship between archetypes and then you're going to want to look at what are your elements and modes do you have a lot of anyone house or sign emphasis what is your sun moon and rising look like All major aspects, major aspect configurations. Do you have a T-square that is an opposition um, square to other planets? Are there any repetitive statements that you can see? Like, you know, planetary focus on the fifth house or something like that. So take a look at that when you're looking at your chart and let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions and um, stay safe, stay well. Um, This too shall pass. This pandemic shall pass. So be it. Have, try and have some fun. Try and learn how to cultivate a relationship with your own inner self. Go get creative. Have some free time. Learn astrology. um, Paint, draw, have fun. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.